Welcome to this week's episode of Survivor Squad. We are once again in diminished numbers today. You have three of your four squad members. I'm here with Gina and Elon from calling in from Ottawa today. How are you guys? Doing great. Pumped to discuss this epic merge episode, if we can even call it merge. I guess uh, once the votes were counted, it was officially the merge, but I am very excited to dissect all that happened there. Yeah, extra uh, complicated episode, I guess. So we're going to really have to dig into this. So thanks for taking uh, the job of steering the ship, Julia. I'm excited to talk through all of this. I hope I do not crash it. (laughs) So we start this epic merge episode checking in with Vati after their vote. We know that Mike doesn't trust Chanel, but he would take a bullet for Lydia. Mm. Not, wouldn't not vote her out, but would take a bullet for her. Yeah, and fast forward to the end of the episode, I guess uh, he would take a bullet for anyone, because what is that even worth coming from Mike's mouth? I know. I think of Mike as such like a stalwart, trustworthy guy. But then again, I mean, both Mike and High, their flip on Lydia was was truly surprising. I thought. I'm sure we'll get into it, but Well, I just kind of feel like Mike's world was very small. There was just Chanel and High and Lydia, and now he got to meet Jonathan, who he loves so much, and he got to meet like all these other people who he loves so much. And all like everyone loves Mike. It seems like Mike loves everybody. And so all of a sudden now maybe he will take a bullet for everyone, which is nice, but then you also have to play Str- Survivor, and it seems like after Omer st- steered the vote in a certain direction, you're not just going to not vote for someone just out, just to be nice, even if it hurts your game. Like, it's not as if it would have helped Lydia if Mike would have sent his vote the other way, right? I guess we could still get into it, like, later, but High and Mike could have made the difference, if I'm not wrong with my counts, on steering the vote away from Lydia if they really wanted to, but I guess they chose the eight strong versus keeping one of their, or potentially their number one, number two... Uh, alliance member and so we'll see if that makes sense but I thought it was an interesting choice I really didn't see it coming I was convinced that High's vote was definitely not going to go for Lydia and when I saw it I was shook yes we will definitely get into all of the details of the vote and the tribal but back at the beginning we visibly check in with Ika Roxroy is staying silent. What happens on Shipwheel Island stays on Shipwheel Island, but Tori wants to know. There is some fun bickering between those two. Yeah, this reminds me of one of those questions on Reddit of like, am I the asshole? And I feel like both of them were being like equally unreasonable. Like, I didn't really understand why Roxbury felt the urge to like hide this like supposedly precious information, which like felt like not so precious at all. And then on the other hand, it like drove me crazy that Tori wouldn't let up and just like kept on trying where it was clear that Rox was just not going to give it to her. They just seem like such, like, people that will never get along. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, Roxroy has just decided that he doesn't like her, and I think Tori's going to persistently ask for things he, he won't give her. But yeah, it was kind of weird, because what was the information that he chose to protect his vote and not get, like, an extra vote, which is, like, what everyone else got also. It's, like, nothing even interesting happened. Right, it does make 
me wonder, did other people not already reveal to everyone what happened each time, which was the same thing? It must have been the case on that tribe, at least. I would, I think that uh, the tribe uh, that Hai and Lydia were on, they definitely knew what was going on, but I guess Rock's tribe didn't. And it's especially odd because rocks didn't even gain anything. They both chose to protect their vote, so literally nothing happened. So I'm just, I think he was just trying to be like a little petty. Like it was just even funny that whole setup for the conversation where he's just collecting rocks, or sorry, he's collecting firewood. And Tori is like, hey, need some help? And he's like, nope. (laughs) (laughs) I think that was like a theme of this episode also. Just some people just don't want to. Like, even if there's nothing, like, to lose, some people just don't like the other person. It was also, like, in Tribal Council when Marianne was like, oh, the theme of this episode is, like, you know, long-term relationships. And then Drea was like, well, I don't I don't agree with it that way. Or, you know, however it was. And then Marianne was like, okay, I guess right. I agree with you. And Drea's just like, no, we don't agree. And it's just kind of like people just being like, even though this doesn't benefit me at all, I'm just going to, like, show you that I don't like you. And this is, this is my plan. Yeah, what is so great about this cast is just like how many strong personalities there are that are just coming to a clash and now there's just so many more kind of permutations of relationships where people are not going to like each other that are going to be like butting heads and I am here for it. Yeah, I could see Drea turning into one of these really polarizing characters in that I feel like she will get annoyed with people. Oh, yeah. She already clearly... Well, it seems like she doesn't like Marianne. That was, like, the vibe I got. Like, I thought that what they were arguing about also, to jump ahead, was, like, also kind of nonsense and meaningless. But it was just, like, just her just wanting to make it clear that uh, Marianne annoys her and everything she says she does not agree with. (laughs) (laughs) So we move on to the challenge, which was the same as the pre-merge challenge in season 41. Um, I, something that I thought was funny is when Jeff announces to everyone that Daniel has been voted out. Did any of you guys see this? They cut to high, who just makes a face like, I could not care less about this. <laughs> yes, it was like zero Fs given, like zero Daniel who? <laughs> <laughs> so then we have the fake out with drop your buffs and then credit to Mike for asking, is this a merge? To which Probst says, not exactly. And he explains this mechanism that there's going to be two teams competing with two people sitting out. The two sit-out people were Roxroy and Lindsay. And then they sit on this, on this big challenge with pushing this enormous ball and then climbing things and then doing a big puzzle. Yeah, but don't forget that Jeff at first said that we're doing things a little differently than season 41. First of all... This time, <laughs> we're getting our food from... <laughs> Applebee's! Applebee's! So it's a whole different twist. It's different, you guys, okay? It's Applebee's, so it's not the same. Do we? What sort of contract do we think is in place that could possibly merit the love that was heaped? I feel like the power of Applebee's was so strong. It, it, did you see it made Tori hug Roxroy? <laughs> That's how strong the loving bond of Applebee's is. <laughs> So, Dean and I are from Canada. We don't have Applebee's. I've never been there. Like, have you been there, Julia? I have, but in my mind, it's all just, like, melded with TGI Fridays and Chili's and, like, all the other places. Okay. Well, I think next time we meet up, we need to go... And get these, like, even though they didn't really have many good veggie options. Like, he was, like, three different burgers. And Dina and I were thinking, okay, well, surely one of them will be, like, some sort of Beyond Meat burger. But it was, no, it was just, like, three different, like, burgers that are all basically the same. One maybe with bacon, one without bacon. I didn't see a whole lot of veggies there. But I guess the brownie, we could split a brownie. 
And okay. we have that like blue. Yeah, I'll just drink that drink. shark bowl. I yeah. Guess. <laughs> so, what do you guys think about other than Applebee's? The change in the twist was that now everyone is getting the information that the person sent to exile will get a power. What do you guys think? Did this fix the twist? I thought it was definitely an improvement. Like Jeff made it very explicit. Like he did. He he said it in no. Uh, Uncertain terms. Uncertain terms. Thank you very much. Because he was like very much emphasizing that this person will have an advantage in the game. And they kind of shrugged at it because they were too well, blinded by Applebee's. He even said something stronger, right? He said this person will have an adva- uh, the power to, to change, change the, the game. game. Yeah, yes. I thought it was fine. Like, right. I feel like they had the option to go change the game. They even guessed. I think the fact that they guessed it back at camp afterwards, being like, I think it was Drea even who said, like, yeah. don't you think that they might, like, flip who won the immunities? The fact that they were able to guess it means that it was a fair choice. And yeah, like you said, Dina, they all had the power to be the one to go and thus not change the game. But but yeah, they were hungry. And they yeah, wanted the their power Applebee's. of Applebee's was stronger. So, so I guess with the power of hindsight, you could say the person who made the biggest mistake by not switching with rocks was Lydia. Well, yeah. Do you? Is there anyone who you think, especially, oh, that person, they really should have switched? So I felt like when they were discussing the twist during the Applebee feast, I felt mm-hmm. like hi seemed a little like, oh, did we make a mistake? Like, I kind of saw his wheels churn and being like, yeah, he really emphasized how important it was and so on. And so I feel like in the back of his head, he was thinking like, oof, I hope I made the right call. And, you know, his teammate was impacted. He ends up voting out his closest ally. Whether that ends up being a good thing in the long term or not, like, we'll see. But I feel like, yeah, obviously not a great outcome for Lydia, and yeah. I wonder what Ty is feeling after the fact. Also, I guess it's like super impressive that Jonathan didn't get voted out. We like, rec- you know, when we were recording this show like a couple of weeks ago, we we're saying how like how is Jonathan going to avoid getting voted out at the merge? And somehow he actually just made really good relationships, and everyone's like falling in love with him. I don't think there was one person who's ever said anything bad about him, except for I guess Tori to his face, <laughs> being like, "I want to win challenges, so I don't need you here." <laughs> and- Romeo, right? Romeo was going oh, yes, for him true. a little bit. That's true. Yeah. yeah. So, so probably it makes sense to think that like Jonathan probably should have like gone to make sure that the game didn't get changed. But at the same time, he eats eighteen eggs a day, so he really needed that protein. Okay, that diet <laughs> description so. just made me tired imagining eating all of that in like a full day, let alone like a meal. So kudos to Jonathan. Also, just shout out to the beefy guys. You know, they have brains and they have brawn. And, you know, him and Mike making, like, very strong bond, doing really well at the merge. Uh, you wouldn't have necessarily expected, like, Mike kind of coming into the game. He seems sort of, like, maybe old school, like, not really open to strategizing. And now we see him, like, hopping around, making connections, like, making bonds. And Jonathan, the whole way, was kind of like, oh, this guy is, has, like, a lot of skills. And now we see him end up being completely protected after the vote while not being safe i'm impressed yeah we also did get a hot hot take from Roxroy on the sidelines of this challenge when he leans over to Lindsay and is like that guy's really strong <laughs> he's doing a great job everyone loves jonathan he i mean that's what happens when you cast one like hercules and then a bunch of normal people i guess <laughs> like uh that yeah. person's really gonna stand out 
So as you're saying, we're on the beach. Mike and Jonathan are making a bond. The amulet holders all get together. Hi, Lindsay and Jaya. And they, somewhat surprisingly, well, at first I was surprised. I was like, how crazy, they're going to work together. And then I was like, well, what else are they going to say to each other's faces? Mm-hmm. How much did you guys buy the sort of allegiance sworn to the three amulet holders? Well, you know, seeing highs confession afterwards clearly his wheels are churning i'm sure the other two are thinking along the same lines of like can we trust each other or is one going to strike and it seemed like i was a little concerned about the two and okay let me just say like i'm kind of sick of this like women's alliance being brought up at any corner where two women are discussing anything and seem close it's like oh the women's alliance they're so dangerous it just drives me crazy i wish they would stop like i love high but this was to me like just stop it it's fair for him to say that like he's concerned that maybe they are kind of uh forming a stronger bond than him but uh it's not a women's alliance if it's like literally two ladies just talking about how they both have amulets or whatnot Mm. I, i think it's interesting also how like, there doesn't seem like any of them actually care so much about the advantage, like, from their confessionals. It's more just, like, I'm worried that these two are going to target me to try to get the advantage, so I might need to target one of... Like, it's not like they're trying to target each other to get the advantage. They want to target each other just not to be the first person to get targeted of the three. Yeah, it's yeah. almost like a prisoner's dilemma situation all over again, where each one of them is like, do I strike or do I protect? Am I going to be screwed over here if I'm going to play it? safe i almost feel like if i was one of the amulet holders i'd want to just go to the other two and just say like let's just all throw ours in the garbage right now or like convert mm. it to the extra vote and use it like you know just like get it out yeah, of the convert way. it to the extra vote use it immediately be done because i'd be too nervous to like i can't work with it's like i want like they're the three of them are in this alliance of eight right that they ended up forming is lindsay yeah. part of the eight like i, I think lindsay is with jonathan vote. yeah yeah so i believe the alliance of eight was hi lydia mike Drea, Rox, Jonathan, Omar, Lindsay. So then why did... I'm pretty sure that Rox definitely voted for Lindsay, the sole vote for Lindsay. (laughs) Well, he doesn't even know what's going on. Right. So is he even (laughs) part of that alliance as a result? Well, I think they consider him... Like, Drea basically, I think, said that she has control of Roxroy and, like, he'll do what she tells him. So maybe in this point, she just told him, like, do whatever you want with your vote. Like, we don't... It doesn't matter. I don't know. We didn't see that, obviously, because they wanted, I guess, to keep it a bit of a surprise. But yeah, as far as this amulet thing goes, yeah, just to put a pin on that, it's like, the three of them are in this big alliance together, so why not just, like, solidify the fact that we're together by, like, taking away the, like, temptation of getting, like, these, like, bigger powers by targeting each other. Can I just get a fact check, though? Who did Lindsay vote for? I just... Lindsay voted for Lydia. Ah, okay, so definitely she's part of that eight. Yeah, I I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, it looks like Julia's got (laughs) all the receipts here, but there's, uh, there's Romeo and there's Tori that voted for Jonathan, right? I thought Chanel and Tori voted for Jonathan and Romeo voted for Marianne, but now okay. I'm not totally sure. Well, either way. We, we can triple check that. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's right because I think Romeo was first targeting Jonathan, so we thought his vote was going to be towards him, but then we saw it switch towards Marianne, which is a little confusing, and I didn't really see that coming. Yeah, it's almost like in this episode, like Survivor should have just not shown us who voted for who because I feel like they told us <laughs> one story and was very coherent. Then afterwards, it was like, oh, Romeo didn't vote for Jonathan. Oh, hi, voted for Lydia. Like, it's like, what happened exactly? But clearly, 
I think that probably they edited the show to like tell a compelling story and I'm sure it's like accurate enough in terms of like what they were thinking they want to have happen but probably at some point someone had a conversation with Romeo and was like no we're whatever though he voted for Marianne which I don't know if that means he's on the outs or if that more just means like they were like splitting some votes in case of whatever like if, if Lydia had something I yeah, yeah. I hope that Romeo is not on the outs. I just really like Romeo. I was excited for him to work with Hi. I thought they had like a nice bonding moment on the beach about like being, uh, you know, from the gay community and how uh, Romeo was so inspired by Hi and how comfortable he was in his skin. It was just like such a sweet sort of moment. And so, I mean, definitely Romeo seemed more invested in that conversation than High, but I don't know. I feel like High just has this face, like he's just always plotting, and maybe he can't yeah. help it. It's just like his face. <laughs> Resting plot face. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> like... uh, that guy's always thinking. Yeah. I liked when Romeo was like, I'm so skinny, I look like crap. Sorry, America. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I, what do we think about Romeo not being brought into the H? Did we overestimate how close Romeo and Dre are? It's very, like, interesting, right? Like, I don't, I'm not sure. Like, I just feel like, what is it? There's only 12 people, and you're making an alliance of eight, and they already voted out one of the eight in this episode. So I guess now I it's an alliance of seven. So I don't know if we should buy too much into it. I almost feel like next week I wouldn't be surprised if, like, all new alliances form this whole, like, big seven is like gonna you know it'll break into like what they always do every season right these like little like pairs or or triplets of like trust clusters yeah exactly <laughs> i think it'll be something like that i don't and i'm sure that romeo will do his best i'm not too worried about romeo I, I from the episode it seems like we should be mostly worried about like tori and chanel at this point marianne but however it does beg the question assuming that these f- factions will occur like what is High thinking longer term if he is losing Lydia, someone he was willing to go to rocks for, and uh, now he is pivoting away and maybe wanting to get together with the... He liked big... Jonathan, right? Yeah, he he thinks that he and Jonathan are on par. The way he was talking about it, it's like, <laughs> I'm one of the strong people too. <laughs> Which I was like, yeah, like, you seem strong, but like... Jonathan is, like, kind of a different league over here. The question is if Jonathan's good at holding a ball on a disc while stepping (laughs) on a small platform, because that's what he's going to have to do for the next few immunities. So I don't know if Jonathan's really going to come off as that strong in the short term, as opposed to High. Maybe, like, High thought of more in terms of the challenge threats, and I think he maybe could be a good one. We don't know his balance either. I guess we'll find out. Yeah, but you're making a good point, Elon. Maybe now that's sort of those bigger challenges where people are coming together and you need just brute force or brute strength are maybe a little bit behind us. We're going to put a pause on it. We're going to move towards more like finer motor skills or balance, like kind of things like that. And maybe Jonathan is continues to lay low and, and ride on his uh, strong relationships that he's built at the merge. Indeed, the next thing we have coming up is the individual immunity challenge, which is the classic stacking letter blocks to spell immunity. We don't get to see Jonathan per... Oh, no, we do, right? Jonathan... Yeah, he, like, was in the lead or, like, close to the lead, and then his, like, fell right near the end, which led to Tori just having an easy runaway. Right, which is, you know, most interesting outcome possible, for sure. Such a brilliant outcome. On one hand, I'm just 
so annoyed with Tori and her sort of indignation at rocks for flipping the, uh, or rather breaking the hour. Dina, smashing. You, don't, you don't flip an hour. I'm sorry, yes, how crazy you of me. To be- <laughs> yeah, he smashed the hourglass. Tori's literally the only one who's like visibly upset and is just throwing all the shade right at him, being like, I cannot believe this. I gave you this as an advantage to use for us and you do this to me and everyone is gaslighting oh my god this lady i'm just really enjoyed watching her on my screen i think that it's like yeah maybe if roxroy's immunity status wasn't up for grabs then i could understand why she could be annoyed if it's like he literally just flipped it without affecting himself but it's like obviously if you go from not having immunity to having immunity you're gonna make that choice like he's not a complete moron so that's the that's the thing with this game it's like it's not a twist in terms of like the player has to make a tough decision it's more at least they made it that like we discussed before the the winning team had to make the decision of who gets to do the smashing but obviously tori the like i probably was like also in the moment like to give her to give tori a little bit of credit like she just found out in that moment that she's gone from like immune to not immune so maybe Maybe she's annoyed and didn't think it through. But I'm sure anyone in their right mind would know that, like, Roxroy didn't have a choice when he could go from being unsafe to safe. It seems like that would be an easy improvement to this twist, right? To just say whoever goes to the Exile Island is going to be immune no matter which side they choose to target. Yeah, immune or not immune, right? Like, just pick one. Right, right. And it shouldn't affect it. Yeah, I agree. We haven't yet talked about Roxroy's time on the island where he was in cooking some rice and fully making a shelter, enjoying the sunset without his damn wife in his ear. Okay, let's just <laughs> pause there for a second because I was starting to like Roxroy. I was like feeling a little hmm. bad for him for being sent to the island. That you know we uh, discovered it. He has this degenerative disease where he's like losing his eyesight. He's like really living in the moment. He's appreciating the pause in the game and the beauty of nature and so on. And I'm like. Rox is a nice guy. And then he comes out and says how he doesn't have, you know, to entertain his bored wife and, like, you know, be nagged by her. And I was like, eh, just tanked right down. To be fair, we haven't met this wife. (laughs) We did see her picture. She looked nice. Yeah. And, I mean, assuming that he, if he is the stay-at-home dad, I'm assuming that she goes off being the breadwinner. So surely she is during the day not bored and like doing things for the family i don't know maybe i'm pre- maybe yeah maybe he needs to like do a better job of entertaining her because she's gone she's been away working all day now she comes home and she just wants to like have someone fun to hang out with so maybe it's a good hopefully i would love to have been by the way at his house or like to see him and his wife watching this episode at this moment because it's like such like an inspir like Dina said like this inspirational scene of them really like talking about how like cool of a guy he is and all of this and then then that drops and I wonder if his wife was just like excuse me what is this <laughs> yeah when maybe the one moment when Jeff my husband was paying attention to the episode his question one was that was was that better or worse than when Karishma said I don't love my husband <laughs> on national TV right uh, arguably that was this was better but not by much. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But it was impressive, right? Like, you could tell Jeff was so impressed. He, like, came and was, like, looking at the shelter. And be, and then, you know, how did you do that? And, like, Roxroy seems like a very, like, he's the type of person that I wouldn't mind if he comes over. Dean and I just got a house. So I wouldn't mind for Roxroy to come over and, like, do some work for us for a day. I'll bet you he'd get a lot done. Help <laughs> us unpack. Yeah, the shelter looked great. Mm-hmm. 
he'll definitely boss us around, but hey, we do need to be bossed around because we don't know anything. So that would be handy. Oh yeah, I would definitely not get mad at getting bossed around by someone who's helping me. That's totally fine. <laughs> Tori doesn't see it Agreed. that way though. Mm-mm. But yeah, that was also funny when he was like, excuse me, Jeff, I have to tend to my rice. <laughs> <laughs> He's very funny, Roxroy. He definitely has moments that I, I, I appreciate. Other times I've kind of rolled my eyes a little bit, as I'm sure his tribe does. But uh, yeah, he's just one of those complex characters, right? Sometimes you like him, sometimes you kind of dislike him. And yeah, I've, I've, I've enjoyed him. Did you guys think that there was any chance that he wouldn't smash the hourglass? I mean, for a second there, I was like... Maybe Rox is, like, so old school that he literally, you know, the way that he was talking about, like, you know, like, deserving a second chance, like, a trophy for participation, like, so I could see him kind of convincing himself that, like, no, but honestly, when immunity is, like, on the line, it's kind of a no-brainer, so no, I don't really think that was ever the case. Also, like, his allies like our Drea and, and Romeo and both of them got saved by him smashing it. So maybe if it was like flipped, then maybe there could have been the possibility just because he wanted to like be true mm-hmm. to his allies. But here it was even like more obvious that it was the right thing for him to do. And it was. So good for him. Hmm. I wonder, what do you think would have happened if if the flip hadn't happened, if the six who were vulnerable were Omar, Romeo, Drea, Chanel... Well, it seems like from the Chanel, episode right? that Chanel, like they and all, Drea, actually. every Sorry. time Chanel came to one of those conversations <gasps> and then they were like, I got to go and uh, check my traps. That was rough. <laughs> like, I get that Chanel is kind of a little bit of persona non grata, at least on her original tribe. And now they're also kind of spreading the word to everyone else at the merge. But I did kind of feel bad for her that she's, you know, that kid that gets left out and not invited to the party. And then just, you know, she tries to come and talk to people and they leave. And maybe a little bit of it is editing and kind of yada and yada through some, like, chit-chat that, like, occurred. And then people disperse. But, yeah, she does not looking great. And honestly, like, for a good reason, she totally did something completely irrational and gave up her vote then she didn't even tell omar omar that she did and like he has to find that out from I high and mike i think right from high and mike that's right yeah Thank what you. was chanel thinking because obviously he was gonna find out eventually that he didn't have his vote and he'd be like well why didn't you tell me like was like unless she's like actively targeting omar in that vote i can't understand any reason to not try to like make that a bonding moment and it would be so strange for her of all people to target him if they like instead had you know a potential like but bonding opportunity previously so why not try to lean into that especially since like she's not having the greatest relationships surely she's well uh, aware enough of that so uh, the fact that it always feels to me like Chanel is like way overthinking and like try to any opportunity that she has to lie or tell the truth like she chooses to lie or to conceal things and I just don't think that that's the best strategy especially long term because Honestly, it's just so much easier to tell the truth, like probably 90 to 95% of the time. And then you're also appear more reliable and trustworthy and can actually build relationships. Unlike the opposite of what she's managed to achieve is like appearing always sketchy and untrustworthy and skewy. Yeah, it is hard though. I just feel like, I feel like even more than it's her behavior, it is that High and Mike have made such good relationships and are going so hard on smearing her good name. 
Yeah, I just can't imagine Chanel winning at this point. I think you have to add her to the list of people with no chance, which is kind of a small list. Like, I, Yeah, who else is on that list for you? I guess Tori. Tori. <laughs> Rocks. <laughs> yeah, probably Roxroy. But, like, it seems like people... Well, he hasn't really had his chance to... We, we haven't gotten the opportunity yet to hear what other people think about Roxroy. Like, maybe lots of people like him, but just us knowing him, it seems like he probably doesn't have much of a chance to win because we know what impression he's going to make. But maybe, is that it at this point? Like, maybe Marianne... Well, I don't know. If Marianne is being targeted, so I think she's going to have a really hard time making it to the end. But I guess if she makes it, she probably yeah. has a decent chance to win. So, yeah, I'd say probably... Yeah, depending on who she's sitting next to. Yeah, so Tori and Chanel seem like to be the obvious ones that just nobody likes. And Roxroy yeah. soon to be on that list once they get to know him better. <laughs> Just a matter of time. Yeah, with the Chanel stuff, I did think it was funny because I feel like generally you have a plan and then you have like the fake plan that you tell people, right? Like you'd think that at least when Chanel came over, they could like pivot to the fake plan as opposed to like talking about fishing and slowly backing away. Right. And obviously that could have just been editing also just to make it a funnier scene. Like maybe they did chat for a little bit and then walk away and the editors just decided to like give us just her arriving and then them leaving. But definitely a humorous moment for sure. For sure. So we're doing the pre-vote scramble. Early on, it seems like Marianne is going to be targeted, which is a surprise to me. We see Romeo advocating for getting Jonathan out. And then we see Omar first saying... I have no vote. I'm going to lay back. And then deciding to get into the fray and try to flip the vote to Lydia. I loved when Omer went to Jonathan and Jonathan was like, look, I need you to save me on this one. Like, you're the only one who can or whatever. And then he was like, all right, time to get to work. And then he just like totally did it. And it's like they're, I think, growing on me as like one of my favorite ever pairs. Just the fact that like, you know, Jonathan did so much to help Omer in the pre-merge. And now like Omer like totally saved him and also saved Marianne. Like he was like, okay, I got my two people who are targets. I got to find a new target. So he like entrapped whatever Lydia to say something that he basically wanted her to say just so that he could go to everyone else and say, could you believe that Lydia said that she'd want to turn on one of the eight and then uh, he, it's, I don't know, from the edit of the episode, it just seems like Omar just like got the vote to go exactly how he wanted and he's like the main driver of that. Yeah, kudos to Omar for not even having a vote and being able to orchestrate this uh, kind of challenging merge vote and also, uh, really fun to kind of have that callback, sort of just thinking back on one of the earlier episodes where Jonathan is kind of lovingly talking about Omer and how they're like a perfect human bringing their strengths together. And so to echo what Elon is saying, I'm just digging this bromance so much. I'm excited to see them progress forward in the game. And I really do think that they both have these different strengths that complement each other beautifully. Yeah, it's almost like now I'd love to see them in the finals to kind of get the sense of like who people would vote for. Because I feel like you could make a good argument now. Like if the season just ended today and they were voting between Jonathan and Omer, I feel like they both have such a good argument. It would be really interesting to see where people would land. Yeah. I'm not ready to make any such predictions. There's still so much game yeah. left, and I'm really excited to see Omer. Like, he orchestra- orchestrated this vote. It was amazing. But, like, we haven't really seen the relationships that... I mean, obviously, he built relationships because he was able to convince everyone to have the vote go his way. But, like, I want to see how people are talking about Omer, what they're thinking about him. Yeah, like, I see them fanboyed over Jonathan, obviously. So, I'm yeah, I'm, like, really rooting for, for this duo. I'm rooting for a lot of people to be fair but yeah this one especially 
Yeah, me too. Do we think that Jonathan could get into a swathy like trouble with having too many of these like people who feel like they're his ride or die? The thing is, like, the impression I got is like Swathy, and again, this is just from the show, right? I'm just saying like what we saw. I don't know like what actually happened, but like it seemed like Swathy was going out of her way to like you know, almost be a little bit like what Dina was saying about Chanel, like being a little disingenuous, like telling everyone you're my number one. Like, obviously you can only have one. I feel like Jonathan is just like being himself, like just being his lovable self and everyone's coming up to him and being like, hey, I love you so much. It's kind of a little bit like JT from Token Chains. It's just like, we all love you. We want you to win. It's almost the vibe I'm getting from Jonathan. Like, I don't think it's, the show hasn't shown us showing Jonathan like going out and like making too many alliances with people and trying to like juggle a bunch of alliances it sounds like he's just chilling and people are coming up to him and being like I really dig you yeah so at this point if someone was going to I mean we saw Romeo try to lead a charge against Jonathan and he didn't get traction who do you think would need to sort of turn on Jonathan to get him out at this point Omar (laughs) right we have seen uh, you know, ride or dies turn on each other and at some point Omar may think that Jonathan is just too likable is this the Shan and Ricard? Ah! <gasps> might be. But I also, just a quick thing about Jonathan that I really thought was so funny uh, is how Romeo is clearly kind of jealous, right? That, like, Mike is <laughs> up Jonathan's butt and, you know, Romeo is probably feeling all, like, maybe potentially and maybe I'm projecting, like, slightly insecure because, like, Jonathan's this big, beefy, strong guy and, you know, Romeo feels like he's this scrawny, like, not looking so hot because he's just, like, a tiny little twig. And so I'm just thinking, like, yeah, I feel kind of bad for Romeo. Like, I actually really like him and I wonder if he is going to get sort of some footing in the game and incorporate himself into a stronger, better alliance. But, uh, yeah, right now... I'm not sure about that. Can I tell you guys something I'm, like, not looking forward to? Because I'm, like, yeah. so interested to see how this is going to play out. But, like, I probably, if they go by what happened last season, in a couple of weeks, they're going to do that thing where they randomly split them in halves. And then they have to go to, like, those, like, tribals where they each each half just votes out one person. Remember, like, oh, last, yeah. last season, both... Um, Evie and Nasir got voted out in an episode where maybe they wouldn't have, but it was just because they got randomly split into a situation where it was. And I feel like I don't want to see like Jonathan go out in an episode like that where like who knows if like, you know, what if it just happens to be that it's like Romeo and Tori and all the people who are against him, you know, happen to be on the like the split with him. Like, yeah, I hope that Survivor is smart enough to just like they've got like everything really set up in an interesting way at this point. And it's like. I know I'm asking for too much, but I would. I'm so interested to see how this would play out with no like do or die, no like uh, randomly splitting everyone in half. But especially that splitting in half, I just really hope that doesn't happen. At the same time, though, like if this alliance of eight, like yes, we said that there's probably friction. well seven, seven now. <laughs> True. However, like if it's going to be one of those situations where they steamroll over the rest of the the cast, you know, maybe that's not great either. Sure, but do you really think that's going to happen? I feel like they made an alliance of eight and the first chance they had, one of them got eliminated, <laughs> so I'm not too confident as of yet that they're going to stick together. But I guess to we'll be see. fair, they did have fewer picking, that's like, slimmer true. pickings of who to vote out, and they did have like literally three potential people they were discussing that all became safe. So... That's a good point. 
Let's let's wait and see. Yeah, I guess that's why Survivor likes to shake it up. But at the same time, I'm just interested. I just am curious to know. Like last season, I'm even curious to know who would have won last season if they would have just let it play out like normal Survivor after the merge. Yeah. But I guess we'll never know. But at least for now, I guess if we're like basically almost done, we're up to Tribal Council. I'd be curious to know who you guys think is like at risk the most now. I guess we were saying Chanel or, or Tori. Like, is it like yeah, almost- Chanel and Tori? I'm I'm curious. Just when you were talking about you know things shaking up and liking Romeo if you're Romeo what are you thinking after this tribal council like what would what move would you who would you try to rope in what would you try to do we also need to know like what was his mind like was he informed like was he blindsided in this tribal or did he know what was going to happen he voted like like you know I was postulating that maybe he voted for Marianne on purpose like because they told him to 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 you know split the votes like but let's assume he got blindsided just to, for the purpose of answering your question. Mm-hmm. And he thought they were actually voting for Marianne. And then he realizes he's like on the bottom and outside of this group. That's a good question. Do you know what he, do you have an idea of what Romeo's next move is? Yeah, like, so I wonder if, like, he has kind of two completely opposite choices. One is, like, does he try to keep, like, leaning into, like, making connections with Hai, potentially, and Drea, which I thought they were good, and maybe Roxroy, if he's considered part of the Seven, or if he's trying to kind of go for all the misfits and sort of corral them into... Um, some sort of an alliance and try to pull people on his side, like maybe pull rocks, be like, hey, you voted for Lindsay. Or, I mean, he probably didn't know that, but being like, yeah, were you left out of the vote? Because me too, and let's do something about it. Be like, um, so, yeah, I, I think there are two options. Like, I know that these uh, previews of Survivor aren't necessarily ever telling of what's actually going to happen, but... You know, we see Drea saying that Romeo is being super paranoid. I wonder if it's because he was left out of the vote for the first time. And that probably doesn't feel so good. And he's scrambling. But he seems like a pretty scrappy player, pretty smart. So he might be able to kind of wiggle his way into uh, the bigger alliance. But um, yeah, I'm not sure. What do you think, Julia? It seems to me like, I almost feel like he needs Chanel and Tori. Like, he needs the other people who are on the outs, which is too bad because those seem like terrible allies. I feel like it seems like he needs to not go after Jonathan again. Like, I just think that he tried it and it, like, didn't gain traction. And if anything, maybe he, like, needs to go after, like, Omer, you know? Be like, hey, did mm. you notice who, like, put that vote together? Like, wow, he's must have been, he must be such a good player to have been able to do that. Like, maybe something like that and, like, and do it in, like, a subtle way where you're not, it's not, you know, just, like, just just, just asking questions seems interesting how like, Omer was able to, like, flip that. Like, we don't know, like, how much he knows of what happened. But to me, that seems like it would be like the optimal strategy to try to like shift it to like one of these other like smart people because he's already tried Jonathan and it doesn't seem like people want to vote him out. Also, I'm just reminded of kind of back to our original conversation about Marianne and Drea having their like weird little rift or tribal and Drea making the point of like, hey, I'm here for this vote, but like who knows where I'll go next. And so she's not making any long-term plans, making me think like, hey, she still has Romeo. Like, I mean, they were working well together, it seemed before. I know again in the preview it seems like maybe things aren't uh so great between them, but you know, I'm still open to the idea of them kind of coming together with rocks and potentially 
or and even bring it in Tori, although I don't know, that seems just too crazy for Tori and Rox <laughs> to ever work together again. But hey, beggars can't be choosers, right? I also feel like at some point they're going to realize how threatening the Taku 4 is. Like, it seems like this episode, you know, they were trying to, they didn't include Marianne in the eight. Jonathan gives a confessional about how he's trying to downplay his relationship with Marianne. But if people figure out that they're a really tight four, then I feel like you could get more traction back on Marianne getting out. Right, well, is... Are they tight? Like, I guess, yeah, I guess, like, we saw that Omer was, like, specifically trying to protect Marianne, so maybe they and are... And Jonathan. Well, yeah, and Jonathan, that was, like, clear, but yeah, you're right, also even Marianne, even though she was a target. So, yeah, I guess, uh, I also, like, Marianne has an idol. I guess these idols are going to come into play at some point, which will make things very interesting. So, yeah, Survivor definitely has set itself up to be a show where it's very hard to predict what's going to happen next. <laughs> And it's, yeah, to me, it's interesting because I do think that of all the tribes, that tribe seems to have the stronger bonds post this um, episode. And yeah, they're trying to downplay, which is very smart, but I think they might kind of keep infiltrating and going deep in the game. The only thing I'm a little disappointed about uh, with regards to the edit, which I've really enjoyed this episode, and I'm not saying that I saw any opportunities for more, like, Lindsay content, but I just wish that they would show her more, and it makes me wonder, like, what happens with her can't be anything that good, because it seems like almost like a Heather-type edit where she might go far, but just, like, have, like, not a significant enough consequence on uh, the trajectory of the game but she seems to you know she seems to be played well and you know the the taku four going strong it seems well, so. yeah it seems like jonathan especially like really likes her like but yeah i think you're right actually i think i'm ready to add her to my list of people that i think have no chance to win but that's not based on the game that's more based on yeah like adina said what the show is showing us is definitely not Lindsay's story like i don't think we've really gotten much <laughs> from her about what she's thinking what her plans are though i don't know at this point last yeah. season where we seeing that from erica like i guess uh, she smashed the hourglass and we got her whole scene there. But that was just <laughs> luck of the draw that she happened to not pick the right rock. It could have been Lindsay. So close. It yeah. was it was between her and rocks. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. But obviously they were going to send rocks because he loves building camps so much. <laughs> Perfect fit. <laughs> it is a credit to Lindsay's relationships that her name, even though she got a vote in Travel Council, her name we didn't see mentioned at all as, like, a real target. Does it count as a vote against you when it's not, like, even close to the actual spelling? L-Y-N-Z-E. <laughs> yeah, it's, like, as close to Lydia as it is to Lindsay. <laughs> yeah, it should have been either. Yeah, like, I would have spelled her name with every letter being different aside from the L, so... <laughs> So at Tribal Council, to recap, Lindsay or Lines or whatever <laughs> was going through his head gets one vote from Roxroy. Jonathan gets two votes, I believe, from Chanel and Tori. Marianne gets the two votes from Lydia and Romeo. And Lydia gets the rest of the votes from High, Mike, Drea, Jonathan, Lindsay, and Marianne. Yeah. And is thus voted out and not even a member of the jury. And then everyone claps as she walks away. <laughs> well, it wasn't for her. But yeah, sad to see Lydia go. She was a fun character. I guess because Hi was getting so much of the screen time in terms of sort of all their scheming and, and plotting, it kind of made it apparent that Hi was definitely the driving force. And now we know that Lydia also unfortunately goes pretty early on so gets less of the credit even if she was an equal contributor to all that pre-merge strategy but yeah I'm just uh, 
interested to see how High repositions himself now that his closest ally is gone. Maybe it was the best decision for him to let her go, and maybe he'll come to regret it. Yeah, I guess now his closest allies are Mike and Jonathan, it seems. Or at least that's, those are the people he's trying to bond with the most. But we'll learn a lot next, uh, next Thursday. Yeah, I'm so excited. Any final thoughts on this this merge episode? Well, first of all, when I said Thursday, that's because when Dina and I watched the episode. <laughs> I guess it is technically aired on Wednesday, but we're not going to watch with commercials. Come on. <laughs> but uh, yeah, okay, so final thoughts. I feel like we've uh, left it all pretty much on the table. I think that I'm most interested right now in seeing what happens with these idols and whether they're going to come into play, if anyone's going to play them. Last season, did anyone actually successfully play an idol? Zip. Well, Xander did play his at five, but I, there wasn't too much like. Well, I guess when I mean like successfully it. play it, like did someone like play the idol and get votes against them, and like if they didn't have the idol, they get voted out. I don't think that happened. Yeah, I don't think like, there so. wasn't any use to any of the idols except for maybe like <laughs> the shield of like people didn't want to vote for Xander. Here, Marianne. Yeah, I do think it. the vote last season where Xander protects Evie by just sort of bluffing that he's going to play the idol for her and then not doing it was, like, amazing television. Oh, yeah, I wonder if anyone's going to do that this season because everyone pretty much knows who has the idols. So it is time that someone uses it in an offensive way. So that's probably a move that someone can make next week. Yeah, and kudos for Marianne, to Marianne, for not playing her idol. Uh, or, sorry, her yeah. extra Vote. Both. She has an extra vote and an idol. Yeah. Right. Either one, right? And she got a few votes tossed uh, towards her, and I'm sure she was kind of feeling a little unsafe when they were coming. But yeah, clearly she played it yeah. well. She's part of the bigger alliance. So yeah, uh, my other thoughts are like, <laughs> I want to keep seeing Tori disrupting things at camp and just <laughs> causing chaos, which I know she definitely is going to. So, I don't know, maybe her and Romeo could be agents of chaos? Like, I'm definitely <gasps> here for it. Yeah, it's it's weird. I'm just thinking about how, like, Blue Tribe does sort of just seem like the tribe on the outs. Like, when I keep thinking about, oh, who could Cortori team up with? I'm like, oh, it's the people on Blue who she already has disavowed. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure what she can do, but she'll definitely try her hardest, which we know is, like, what you know, she won't go down without a fight. So. Which we know is pretty, yeah, it's pretty hard. Yeah, it's going <laughs> to be fun. fight. Yeah, she has a lot of fight left. Oh, when her torch gets snuffed, do you think she's going to give Jeff the biggest eye roll? <laughs> <laughs> Probably. She'll be like, this wasn't my fault. It's everyone being so dumb, making the wrong move, voting me out. And then she'll be the one at Ponderosa that every time the next person comes, she'll be like, see, if you would have stuck with me, you wouldn't be here right now. Oh, totally. I'm glad we're going to get her at Ponderosa. <laughs> Very fun. All right. Well, we thank you, if you exist, for listening. And we will be back next week to talk about the next thrilling episode of Survivor. Yay. Bye. Talk later. Bye.